five, six, seven, eight, thirty-two. We can't count. <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, thirty-two. Yeah. That's how it goes, right? <laughs> That's how you count numbers. Great. I love it. Your I'm last glad. birthday was your eighth birthday. Yeah. Now you're turning 32. 32. All right. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. My instinct there was to go, and I'm Haley. <laughs> I don't know why. I love That's your instincts every so often to just like veer right away from what we normally do. And I always do what I'm supposed to, but sometimes I just want to go, and I'm Haley. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes she has intrusive thoughts about what to do. Yeah. And I don't act upon them, but um, I really, one of these days I'll get you. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> can't uh, wait. Do we want to continue birthday week on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it was just my birthday, which is I we're recording this, you know, a couple weeks beforehand, but it was just my birthday. And hopefully I had a good time. Yeah, I hope you had a really good time. Thank you. If it wasn't good, the, the, delete. Yeah. <laughs> delete yeah. this part. <laughs> yeah, I guess delete this part. But hopefully it was a good one. I think it'll be good. 32 is a is a birthday that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. Um, it's always just a number in my mind that I've been excited about. I think that there are certain birthdays um, when you're younger that you're like, oh, when I'm X age, like yeah. that's going to be a really cool age. And for me, it was 24, 27, and 32. 27, me too. 27 was, like, was one of my... Life together. Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> and have 20... a, house, a husband and kids. Oh, see, I didn't think it was going to be that. I like well, very much. I grew up in Georgia. <laughs> that's true. I was going to say, in true New York fashion, I was like, oh, I don't know if I thought I was going to be married, but I'm I'm sure when I was younger, I probably thought I'd be married by like 25. And I think yeah. back on that, and I'm like, I was a fetus. I was a I was a true child, child, child bride. Yeah. Um. But at 27, like. I just was so excited about that age. And I got to tell you, it was easily one of, if not my best year that I've had. Really? My best age. Yeah. I, I did that. so much when I was 27. And when I was 24, it was a good year too. 24 was um, my first Broadway show that I worked on. That's when I did Cats. Love. 27 was when I wrote and produced Under the Influence. I had a great birthday that year. Um, it was just an all in all really, really good year for me. Just emotionally, it was very good. transformative. And so I'm hopeful for the same thing for 32. Maybe not the exact same thing, but just that it will be a really good experience. I have good hopes for not just hopes, but I feel like good vibes for you this year. Me too. I feel like this is going to be a really good year for you. And I have felt that way since like, you know, obviously, like I said, 32 was always an age in my mind that I was excited about. But I felt that way last year when the new year was coming up. I was like, I don't think 2023, like age aside, I don't think 2023 is going to be like my year. I feel like 2024 no, yeah. is going to be my year. Mm, and like had okay. that really, really strong feeling at the end of last year. And so I'm really excited as we approach, not to put too Wait. much pressure on it, but. No, 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 no. You know. I don't th- I don't think it's pressure to be hopeful. No. That something's going to be really good. Yeah. Wasn't your word for this year something along the like, the lines of like foundational or something yeah. like that. You know, I couldn't really land on a word this year, which I think was really telling that this year was a little chaotic yeah. and, and unsteady. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I think what I wanted was stability. And I will say that I do feel hopeful that like by the end of this year I have achieved that. There are a lot of ways yeah. in which I feel like I have. Um very recently, I think within the pod we've found a lot of stability, sustainability, um 
And I think in my life in general, I have found that as well as I walk into 32. So I feel really good yeah. about having that foundation. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to have gone through the growth that I did in 31 and in 2023. What's really cool about our birthdays is that they land at the end, like towards the end of the year. So we can yeah. be really reflective of like the calendar year and also of our age. Um, so that's kind of what I'm walking into 32 with is like this reflectiveness. And yeah. also, you know, we've spoken about this before. It's my Lorelai year. It is your Lorelai year. And the reason we call it that is because Lorelai was 32 when the show started. Um, yeah. And that ends up becoming a very important year for Rory as well, which was completely unplanned. Yeah. Because Rory is 32 when we meet her in the revival. So it's like yeah. Lorelai's 32 when we meet her in the pilot. Rory's 32 when we meet her in the revival. And that is so poetic to me. Yeah. And I know that the intention was not for that to be the case, for Amy to end the show that way. But the fact that that's what ended up happening, I think, is so cool. Yeah. I do wonder sometimes if she was going to do like a time jump at all to make that mm. happen. Um but or if it was like when she started telling the story that it like she came back to it because it was at that right point of like Rory being 32. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, I've been watching the revival a lot recently yeah. for some reason. I love that um, for you. I think it I think it just feels disconnected enough from the series and our rewatch on Patreon that like I can still have my little cozy little Gilmore. I guess I could go back and watch the earlier seasons that we've already covered. I didn't think about that. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> I chose the revival. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's there. That's true. Um, but uh, when they go over to Emily's house, she sees Rory and she says, you're Gilmore and 32. She very specifically says, and I had never really noticed that until we were like coming upon this episode that we were doing that yeah. she like so intentionally says that and like calls that out to worry yeah I you know I didn't realize that it really was that like 16 year gap between the start of the show and when they did the revival and 16 is also a really big age for the Gilmore Girls as well because of course Lorelai had Rory at the age of 16 when we meet Rory in the pilot she is turning 16 and now 16 years later she is the age that her mother was when we met her. So like it ended up really aligning very yeah, perfectly. The and math I is mathing. <laughs> the math is in fact mathing. Girl math, Gilmore girl math, if you will. But I think that 32, for me, I don't know if it really started because I don't think I had necessarily an awareness of how old Lorelai was maybe when I was younger. Maybe I did. Um, yeah. But I don't know if that's why 32 has always felt like a really exciting age. I will also say 32 is cool for me because I didn't realize this until I started approaching this, you know, over the last like couple months. But I feel like there are like three sides to my personality in pop culture. Lorelai Gilmore, of course. Sally Albright from When Harry Met Sally and Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Or at least those are three characters that, like, I've always found some sort of, like... Yeah, you relate to. Relatability to, yeah. Yeah. Um, And Lorelai, of course, is 32 when we meet her in the pilot. Carrie Bradshaw is also 32 when we meet her in the pilot. And Sally Albright is 32 by the, like, meat of the movie in When Harry Met Sally. Because we meet her at various points in her life. And I was like, wow. Okay, so these three characters that, like, I've always identified with in pop culture and in TV and film... That's around the age that they are. And none of them quite have it figured out, right? No. And we talk about that a lot when it comes to this show. Lorelai, when we meet her, I would say has some of it figured out, but not all of it. 
And Rory, definitely by the time we get to the revival, it, when she's 32, does not have it figured she out. And that is widely doesn't. criticized. And to see yeah. like the two different ends of the spectrum that Lorelai's at when we meet her in the pilot and that Rory's at when we meet her in the revival and she's 32, now the age that her mom was when we met her as an audience. There are a lot of differences, but there are also a lot of similarities when I started breaking it down. Yeah. Which was really cool. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit, but we also threw it out to our audience to build a little list of the do's and don'ts of your Lorelai Gilmore year, which I'm also really (laughs) excited to break down. I love the responses. Oh my God, they're so good. Sometimes I like when we put things out to our listeners, to our besties, sometimes I'm like, are they going to understand what we're like, what it is that we're asking for? And every single time they're like, yes, and do it way better than we expected. I know. I love it. And I it. think that with this one, that was like totally the case because we were like, how do we phrase this? Yeah, like, how do we how ask do we that make question? Them understand yeah. what we want in return. Yeah. And they like, were like, they delivered. We got it. No worries. <laughs> We've got two girlies. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, no worries. We know what you want. We know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I know. I love it. And it was hilarious. But we we did want to talk about the significance of the age of 32 and talk yeah. about the ways in which Lorelai and Murray kind of show up in that age and the way they approach it and how different it is, but also how similar it is. Because something else that you have to consider this in this as we go through this as well is like Lorelai is 32 when we see her in the pilot and Rory is 32 when we see her in the revival. But the other element of that that I like for some reason clicked in my mind last night when I was watching Winter is that Paris and Lean are also 32. Yeah. And so I don't know why I hadn't like really put that together either. Mm -hmm. And so we have this like swath of like uh, versions of 32 that you can kind of like pick and choose from. Yeah. Um, Neither of us are Paris. (laughs) No, no. And and I I would have to say I don't know if I necessarily identify with a single one of them, um, yeah. but maybe would pick like bits and pieces of them to feel like I identify with. I think that something that we really highlighted when we were talking about the anniversary of Gilmore Girls this year is that, you know, your dreams can change. You know, when we were talking about the life lessons is that your dreams can change at 32 or, you know, your life can take shape again. At 32. And I think that, you know, Rory is really an example of that. But Lorelai is also kind of an example of that. I would say she's more so that. Yeah. If only because, like, you were talking about stability, that I think that Lorelai has a forced stability because she has the responsibility of Rory. Sure. She's in her mom era. Yeah. (laughs) In her mom era, that's, like, never ends once it starts. But it's, like... At that time, she didn't really have herself to think of um, because she had to provide for this child. Yeah. Um, and I think that Rory doesn't have anything like that. Her only responsibility is to herself. Making sure she has underwear. Yeah. No, her only responsibility is to herself. That. And that was something. <laughs> yeah. No, truly. <laughs> but that is that is something that I kind of identify with because um, my mom didn't have me at 32. She um, didn't get married until she was 35 and she had me at 36. So like at this point in my life, when I think about where my mom was at, she, you know, also didn't have any other responsibility besides herself, her job, you know, et cetera. And that's kind of where I'm at is that my only responsibility is me and this little fur baby that runs amok around my home. But that's it. Other than that, you know, I don't have the responsibility of caring for another living, breathing human being, you know, yeah. and so I think that that's really the the 
the ends of the spectrum for Rory and Lorelai is that Rory's only responsibility is to herself. And Lorelai's is to herself, of course, but first and foremost, it's to her daughter. Yeah, which is interesting that Rory, at the age of 32, has surrounded herself by other 32-year-olds whose responsibility is also to their kids. Yeah. And so it's like, that's where Lorelai was. And so it's like, the her whole idea of like having like what Emily calls like the vagabond existence yeah um is that she's like I'll crash at lanes I'll crash at Paris's it's like your life is kind of like wide open is what you're calling it yeah but it's only your responsibility to yourself and you're kind of relying on these people whose lives are in a more stable position to like kind of uphold your kind of crazy existence yeah yeah it's a little nomadic yeah, that's exactly what they call it, yeah. And I wouldn't say that's quite you. No, that's definitely not me. I think I have a little bit more stability. I think I sit somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Because Lorelai's other responsibility is that she runs this in. And the the ends of the spectrum where Rory and Lorelai fall when it comes to responsibility as far as a job is that, like, Rory is truly at a crossroads. Lorelai's at a crossroads in, in a very different way. But Rory is truly at a crossroads in what she wants to do with her life, And kind of trying to make something work that it sounds like she's made work for the last, you know, 10-ish years or so. And it's been fine, but now it's slowing down. She doesn't really know where she stands. And when it comes to the shape of her career, she doesn't know what that looks like anymore. And I think a lot of people in our generation are facing that, especially after the pandemic. I think that the pandemic really forced a lot of us to look hard and fast about at what we're doing with our lives. And kind of decide like do I want to keep going am I on a hamster wheel is this my dream still because you don't have to choose what you want to do at 18 and then like stick to it for the rest of your life like a lot of the generations before us chose to do um and kind of that's pressure that society put on us and that's what I do love about where Rory is standing in the revival I know we criticize her a lot for where she's at um but I think that's something that, again, we talked about in our life lessons episode is that that's okay if at 32 yeah. all of a sudden you're standing in the middle of kind of an abyss and wondering what's next. And I will say that, you know, I I can empathize with her because over the last couple of years leading up to 32, I've been in that place of like, I know I want to be in some sort of creative space, but I don't exactly know what I want to do because there are so many things that I'm interested in. Um, But at the same time, where Lorelai's standing at 32, having this responsibility of running an inn that's not necessarily hers um, is something that I also kind of identify with. I'm not necessarily running anything, but I am working for other people in all of the other jobs that I do. And so I know that feeling of kind of being like, no, I want to do this for myself and feeling like I'm like walking towards that path slowly but not quite there yet. And so it's a representation of two very different places that you can be at, especially at this age when you're in your early 30s, your 20s are kind of behind you where you're figuring it out, but you're still figuring it out. Yeah, and I think that's what I love so much about Rory. I... Though I think the main criticism for me that comes with Rory is that Rory is so privileged and she has like so much behind her Mm -hmm. that she's kind of like ignoring like she was the editor of the Yale Daily News. She's coming from Yale Um, like her grandparents like she didn't I don't feel like she used the connections that she could have. But it's also the thing of like she can have as many connections as she want to and it's still not working for her. Mm -hmm. But the thing that she keeps saying is she has lots of irons in the fire. And when she first starts saying it, you're like, oh, that's so exciting. You have like so much going on. And then slowly it becomes like sadder and sadder that she has so many irons in the fire because none of them are uh, 
coming out. <laughs> yeah. Laura goes, you should be a blacksmith. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. But it's just like she um, has no like solid, I guess, direction. It's just like she has a lot of hope for what could happen. And it's like doesn't seem like that is picking her back. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, which is hard. That's a tough feeling and something that I've yeah. experienced a lot since the pandemic. I think a lot of us have, you know, in, yeah. you know, whether you are following the same path or you're trying something new, um, especially in the arts, that can feel really exhausting to feel like you have all these irons in the fire and you can't pull any of them out. They're just sitting there. Or something that you want so much and it's just like not working out for you despite the fact that you were like giving it your all. Yeah. Like I feel like that applies to like every industry because there's so many people that like they don't like relate to Rory's like privilege there, but they do relate to the fact that they are the same age as Rory and they keep trying, Mm -hmm. but they kind of have to stop because at some point like you do have to move on with your life because you are like 32. I mean, you can kind of try at any age because like, I don't know, what's that thing of like Oprah didn't start until she was oh my god of course the list goes on and on and on yeah there's never like you're never too old to start something new is I think what our generation is is trying to like feed into not only ourselves but the generations below us and above us you know I encourage my mom of that often my mom retired in 2020 and uh, you know she's kind of unsure of what the next chapter is because retirement doesn't necessarily mean you just like stop for some people it might but you know she (laughs) she does you know want to have other things that fulfill her and sustain her and like don't make life feel so you know monotonous and yeah um you know my mom is at that retirement age so it's like you're never too old to start something new. I think that there's something very exciting about that. And so I appreciate that that's kind of the place that Rory's at. But I do agree. She has a privilege that not a lot of people had. And interestingly, so does Lorelai. But in a... In kind of a different way, only because like she really doesn't lean into it or she tries not to lean into it. Rory has leaned into it and still walks around like she doesn't have it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. (laughs) Um... But I think that the differences between Lorelai and Marie at this time in their lives is that, like, I find, and you may disagree, or our listeners may disagree, but, like, I find Lorelai, despite having that privilege in her back pocket, she's incredibly resourceful and she's incredibly scrappy. Like, she makes it happen. I don't know that Rory's necessarily that way when we see her. I don't think so either. And I don't know if that's a commentary like on that like she has been raised in the way that she is she's been educated in the way that she has Mm -hmm. that like her um like the way that Lorelai just kind of like makes her life happen Mm -hmm. outside of her family yeah like she has like very easy access to wealth but she doesn't use it until it's like uh for Rory um but I feel like Rory's just like, whatever, I'll just send my boxes to all of my friends' house, I'll just crash on all of their couches, and I'll just make this work, and I'll make it seem like I'm just, you know, out living my life like Jack Kerouac, just like on the road. But it's like, yeah, but like most of your house, like clothes are at like your grandparents' mansion, like, and yeah. you like eventually, like with your ex-boyfriend that you're having an affair with, you do eventually use his father's connections to do something that like ultimately you kind of are unprepared for when you show up for it yeah and like the same thing with like what is it sandy says sally says i think it's sandy says i think Um, it's sandy says i don't remember um definitely not sally says (laughs) could be um she like botches that too so it's like i feel like lorelei in that position would be like great 
I'm going to make something work. I'm going to make Sandy says the best job I've ever had. Yeah. And I feel like worry doesn't go into situations like that. Even us, we're like at season four in Patreon. I feel like that's the difference between the two of them is Lorelai goes to college with her and she was like, let's make the most of that. And Rory's like, I'm just going to stay in my room. Yeah. In my book. Yeah. And like, that's fair. That's like totally sure. fair. I'm yeah. totally the worry there. But I think that in a sense of like worry doesn't have this like tendency to like go out and make things happen which was the feedback that Mitchum gave her which I disagree with on on, as a whole but like there is that it was so generalized that is like she doesn't like have that like I don't want I keep saying scrappy nature but it's just that like like willingness to kind of yeah willingness to kind of make anything happen and I Mm -hmm. just don't think that she has that we catch glimpses of it like if she has the fire under her yes but like the fire is coming from throughout the series like Paris and Mitchum um you know even though he kind of like she allows him to like kind of like dull her sparkle for a while when things when she does end up kind of like getting that momentum again and we see like as she reconciles with her mom in season six she has that like fire beneath her and she goes to the Stanford Eagle Gazette and she won't take no for an answer and it's okay it's interesting because like we see it in the revival well I again I think we like catch glimpses of it but like they're really flashes in the pan. Like, they're very, yeah. very, like, hot and fast. It's like when she is, they're walking around town to um, distribute the Stars Hollow Gazette. Yeah. She's like, let's do this. We're going to make it happen. But it's like, yeah. it's so, like, subjective. Small. Yeah. yeah. And, like, totally. seldom that we see that. Um, that I, I feel like that's the real difference. But I will say, I do think that one of the similarities between the two of them is that they have a community of people behind them. And and that was across the board for Rory. Like, growing up, she always had that. But Lorelai had to build that on her own, whereas, like, Rory kind of got handed that from down from her mom. And she has the support of her grandma, which, again, was, like, cultivated long before the revival, whereas Lorelai is just starting that journey at 32. She obviously had that growing up handed to her because it was, you know, her parents. But I think that, like, taking a step away from that and, come like, returning home to that um, was a very different journey than what Rory was going on. And not better or worse, just different. Different, yeah. And she has Lane, and she's Paris, who, like, yeah. in the revival, she's, like, that's who is helping to tend to her, I guess, she's using their couches to crash on um but i think that's the thing is like in the similarity of that i think it's only similar so far as lorelei set that up for rory and rory just like inherited this community and i'm not saying that you need to build a new one from your parents or move on in any way from the community that you grew up in but i just feel like rory never really developed that Mm. too much outside of her mom yeah of course well that was safe yeah it was a safe i mean she does have the life and death brigade who come in and help her have a good time when she's having a hard time of course yeah i feel like her community is like lorelei built that Mm -hmm. and rory grew up in it and it's not doesn't mean that she needs to like throw it away and build her own new rory community (laughs) yeah it's just like i always think about that that like she it seemed like she struggled with that. Yeah, for sure. She she did. And as we move through um, Patreon in season four, we're finding that because she's going to college and like this is really the first time she's been on her own. I mean, Chilton, of course, she had to cultivate her own relationships there and navigate that because it was very fish out of water for her and her mom wasn't there. So we got to see yeah. that contrast. But college is just a different beast. Yeah. You know, you feel more independent. You are meant to be independent. It's kind of throwing you into that independence but 
the similarities as we approach, you know, Rory being 32 and look back on Lorelai being 32 is that they're both at these like very deep emotional crossroads in two very different ways. And I just find it interesting kind of calling back to like the scrappiness and resourcefulness of it, how they handle those very differently. Yeah. Well, there is a line that Rory says before, um, before we meet Logan in the revival and she's talking about like the book or whatever. She says, it's not really what I want to do, but the money is nice. Mm. And I think that that is a similarity between the two of them. It's like, I don't think that she doesn't want to be running the Independence Inn, but I think she wants to have her own thing. And I think the same for Rory. She doesn't want to be writing this book, but she wants to be working and she wants to be writing. Mm. So she's going to do what she has to do because the money is nice. Yeah. And that's kind of so many people relate to that. Oh my God. Hi, yes, 1,000%. It's me, hi. hi. I'm the woman looking for money. money. It's me. (laughs) It's me. It's like an email that you would send, like, from, like, the king of... Looking for money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd like you to be my princess. Yes, exactly. I have gotten those messages as well. (laughs) Anyway, um, but, you know, as you bring that up, it is also similar to what Lorelai has to do in the pilot which is like go to her parents and ask for money she's like it's not what I want to be doing but the money is nice but the money is nice and in a sense (laughs) it is very similar in the way that they approach kind of this you know introduction to these women at 32 that like it's what they're doing is not fully working for what their goals are so they have to in a sense come back home yeah yeah and I guess the theme is you can always come back home but it you may come with a price. Always find your way back home. Exactly. In Montana. <laughs> that is you the theme song. You can change your hair and you can change your... That should be our theme song. We should change it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll take it to our uh, producers. Take it to the higher ups. <laughs> we are the higher ups. <laughs> For anybody we just stand who did a little know. higher. <laughs> yeah, we just like lift ourselves up and we're like, hmm. They're not sure. You're physically higher up. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them 
while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G I L M O R E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast. So they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. But all in all, it was very interesting to kind of like juxtapose these two women up against each other at the age of 32. Um, because I really don't think that was Amy's intention, nor do I ever think of this 32 being like my Rory Gilmore year, mostly because I don't want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're going to go to London a couple times. That would be fun. Listen, that would be fun. Yeah. And stay with Logan Huntsberger. His place was nice. His place was nice, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go to London and stay with my betrothed ex-boyfriend who I'm having an affair with I mean it's London though <laughs> it is London you're right how could um, how could I but it, <laughs> how could you how could I how pass could that up want, could how could I want anything more I know tea crumpets um I'm sure they have other things in London um <laughs> haven't checked um <laughs> that's not true I've been to London before Great. um but all that aside, I think that in not thinking of it as your Rory Gilmore year, I feel like it's more relatable to us because Rory doesn't have kids. But as I'm like making my way through the show um, at any point when I was younger, now as we're doing it on Patreon, I never identify with Lorelai being 32. And like as I am now an adult, I don't look at her and be like, that's me, that's me, that's me. It's not until I watch the revival that like, I see Rory and the things that she's saying. And I'm like, mm, that's a little bit me. Really? What she's saying there. I was like, oh, that's more me. Right. But when I watch Lorelai, I'm like, I am almost your exact same age. And there's so like, I'm like, you're a mom. You're a parent. You're an authority figure. Whereas Lorelai, Lore- I guess she is Lorelai. Rory in the revival, who is the same age as Lorelai. I see her and me because I grew up with her. I'm like, you are my age. Mm. Whereas Lorelai is an adult. And I'm not. <laughs> you know, I will say as someone who does identify with Lorelai and always has, I still think of Lorelai as an adult. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, do, I identify with her like in like personality traits mm. and some of the things that she says in terms of like, I don't know, maybe like relationship issues. But like as a whole, I'm like, you're a mom. Mm. You're my mom. 
and I don't relate <laughs> You're all to of you our entirely. <laughs> but like your daughter, who's your same age, like later on in the show, mm. I relate to her, but not you earlier on because you're an adult and I'm not. I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm your kid. I'm just a baby. Yeah. I'm just a baby. Yeah. Um, and you're my mom. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a nostalgia factor to that. I think that when we watched Rory, when she t- was 32 in the revival, we were in our 20s at that point. So it was yeah. easier to identify with her because we were closer in age to her at that time when that was introduced to us. Whereas yeah. when Lorelai was introduced to us, a lot of us, well, at least you and me, we were kids. Yeah, because um, Nava posed that question of like, what's it like to watch it being closer to Lorelai's age? And I was like, I'm not. not like, it's I watch not this, different. Yeah, I don't yeah, know why. I watch it from the perspective of being a teenager and like being like, this is, that's mom. I, yeah. I relate to mom, but I need to get a little bit older to like fully recognize that she is also a person. Yeah. Um, And then it's not until worry that I'm like, oh, that's more like me. But I'm not like mom. <laughs> yeah. I'm like mom in personality, but like not situationally and it's interesting how we can kind of like pivot between those two logics when we watch this show right that like I do watch especially the earlier seasons Brett and I were watching season three last night and like watching it from a nostalgia standpoint where I can put myself into that mindset of being a teenager is so drastically different than watching the show with like a discerning eye to do this podcast of course but just like watching it from the perspective of a soon-to-be 32 year old woman you know it's it's so interesting how I can like shut that off every so often but you know you know what's really interesting is my dad is watching Gilmore Girls for the first time Mm -hmm. he said he wanted to know what this thing that I do was all about so he's watching it to connect with me um he's very quickly made his way (laughs) he last week he started season two and he's about to watch uh, I think he watched the finale of season two or no 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 he started season three last night he's like booking his way through this but when he watches it he doesn't look at Lorelai as someone who could be his daughter he looks at Lorelai and thinks about my mom because he thinks about me as Rory yeah and so last night we were like all talking and like my mom and I were having like a fake argument and he was like Lorelai and Rory but like he doesn't look as Lore- at Lorelai as like me he kind of looks at Lorelai as more of like a contemporary Kind of, but he he relates a lot to Richard though, which makes sense because he oh, has like interesting. Grandkids. And so it's it's really interesting to see like his perspective. I'll give you guys some updates because he has such thoughts. I know, <laughs> I know, I'm loving I have, this. I have a lot written down to share, but I'll share them in the next episode because he is loving it. But I, I have he, to tell Brett because <laughs> he literally, when we're recording this, it is exactly one month since our live show, and your dad was at our live show. Had yes. never seen Gilmore Girls or had not watched it in its entirety, right? He'd yeah, like been no, in the he, background like, watching. Yes. Yeah. That's how my dad is too. Um, but it's been a month and he's already on season three. And Brett and I just watched uh oh gosh, we watched an episode from season three. Oh, Swan Song last night. Oh yeah. He's gonna be there by tomorrow. He also is recovering from knee surgery. So oh, like, okay. He's- laying in bed. But he was watching like three episodes a day before that. Now he's just watching like six. <laughs> Good for him. Ed, I'm so proud of you. I love yeah. it. But but all of that to say is like he's watching Lorelai as a 32-year-old, not really like registering that like that's my age. <laughs> but I'm really curious for people who watched the show, like whatever at whatever time you watched the show, whether you watched the show like closer to Lorelai's age when it was airing or when you watched it, um, whether you were closer to Rory's age, if you were in between, like how you watch the show now, if it's more from that perspective of when you first watched the show or if you grow with the show and of course your ideas thoughts perspectives opinions are all going to shift but like 
I'm really curious to hear how our listeners watch the show and if their age and getting closer to Lorelai's age, Emily's age, whatever it may be, changes the way that they watch this show. Yeah. No, I, I, I want to know that. And I also want to know from like younger listeners is like how you view Lorelai. Yeah. Like, if there's like aspects of her personality that you see in yourself or if there's like aspirational parts of her that you see um, and like how you relate then. Because I don't really remember how I would relate to Lorelai at that age. And so it's like what does 32 look like maybe mm. for someone who's in their early 20s or their late teens? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Because because it I changes. Really <laughs> I, I will say that like I always thought that it was kind of not old at all. But like I was like, oh, wow, 32. Like that's a lot of life lived. Yeah, but now I'm retinol needed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Lots of moisturizer and a very, very consistent skincare routine. But I now look at 32 and I'm just like, wow, that's young. You know, we were always meant to see Lorelai as young. Because yeah. she had a 16 year old, but like 32 is young. It is young. And I babies. wonder if people in their <laughs> early 20s also see that as like, wow, she's young. Yeah. Not just because she is a 16 year old, because 32 is young. Like you are in the prime yeah. of your life at 32. It's kind of gorgeous. Yeah. I that's love what it. we were talking about in the last episode is like in your 20s, you like become so fearful of your 30s. Mm. And then you enter your 30s and you're like, why? Ooh, I'm so happy like, to be here. We've arrived. Yeah. I was never more excited than to turn 30. Like 30, yeah. was, I was very excited about. 32, oh, I think so I'm afraid. very, very ready for. Yeah. You're afraid to turn 30? Yeah. Well, it's it definitely comes with its no, set of fears. I was afraid to turn 29. Okay. I don't know why. I was like, that's it. That's the end. This is the final chapter. And then yeah, it it's the final it countdown. Like, yeah. Final. Well, 29 then is a very great. weird age because 29 for me, I was like, I'm 30. Like as soon as I turned well, 29, 20... I very much was like, I'm 30. You know what's weird about 29? It's the same distance from 18 as it is to 40. And oh. it's like, it just feels like a like you're smack dab in the middle of two very, very different ages. And you're like, whoa, yeah. I'm neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are two very different ends of the spectrum. But I'm I'm very excited to be sitting here in the middle of the spectrum. <laughs> I'm very excited about 32. What made me more excited about 32 is, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we asked our listeners to kind of provide for us the do's and don'ts of navigating your Lorelai year. And I yeah. am very excited to read those to you now. <laughs> they Great. were just so good. And it was what made me excited about this is there were some like, some recommendations that I'm already going to do and didn't even think that that falls in line with like your quote unquote Lorelai year, you yeah. know? And it's it's not that this year is like, oh, things Lorelai did when she was 32. Some of them are in there, but it's just like kind of the the vibe that is Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah, inspired by. So let me start with the do's because the do's are very fun. <laughs> the don'ts are also very fun, <laughs> to be clear. Okay. So, um, and a lot of these were repeats on both ends, like the do's and the don'ts, but these were just like some of my favorites that I loved. Go to Europe, um, okay. which Brett and I are Fine. already planning on going to Europe in... In February? In February. I was telling you about yeah. this. Yeah. Because our anniversary is in February. So we were like, we want to take a trip. Brett's never been to the UK. So we were planning on going to London and Paris. So funny. Fun. I know. I'll be in Epcot because my mom's running a marathon in Disney. So I will also be in the UK and in Paris. Yes, it's true. <laughs> you will be just traveling around the world. You'll be in yeah. several other places too. 
I love exactly. that for you. We're travelers, you and I. Yes, little traveler girlies. Um, be a girl boss. I really liked. Um, take a business class or start your own business. Ooh, which I was really we excited about. Start by. our own business. We did start our own business. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but I haven't really given an update on this in a while. But <gasps> yes, it's because of the strike. But um, in 2024, I'm launching my Sex and the City podcast, which I'm very excited about. So that's going to be like another little, um, like another little business. <laughs> Just like yeah. create little, little businesses everywhere. So I guess I'm already <laughs> kind of doing that. <laughs> Yeah, which is exciting. Everywhere, yes. No, I'm very excited for you for that. It's Thank going you. to be very fun. It's going to be I'll very make a fun. guest appearance. Oh yes, but, she um, will. Yeah, I can't. But wait. I really haven't seen much of Sex in the City. I know. Yet, so that's it's like the first e. step. <laughs> you have to watch Sex in the City, and then yeah. Oh yeah, no. I You'll tried, be. but like the first season is so different that I kind of feel like I need to skip it. Yeah, the first season is tough, and that's going to be talking to the camera. Yeah, I don't like the breaking of the fourth wall. I know what they were trying to do, but it just doesn't. But I didn't like what they did. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. And I'm glad they lost it. Like, yeah. I tend to start with either seasons two or three, like maybe halfway through two. Um, when I rewatch Sex in the City, I'm currently in the midst of season four and I love it. I'm like, oh, this is their peak. Like seasons three yeah. and four are just like, oh, gorgeous. But that first season is kind of tough to get through and starting there because yeah. it will be a little bit of a rewatch. The format is, if you are familiar with Sex and the City, the format is that Carrie poses a question every episode, you know, like what are the breakup rules or can you be friends with an ex? And so instead of just doing like a rewatch and breaking it down, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, we do that. <laughs> we do do that on Patreon, but we don't do that on pod. And that's kind of the energy yeah. I wanted to bring into this new show was how can we kind of bring the viewership to the listenership and make it feel like you are watch like listening to the same energy that you watch the show with, which is what I think we yeah. do here is like a lot of people have said that listening to the podcast feels like the same energy as watching Gilmore Girls because you're talking about it with your friends, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And so I felt like the approach to that would be to kind of bring the episodes of Sex in the City to a podcast in answering those questions of can you be friends with an ex? What are the breakup rules? When you enter into a relationship, do you have to put your single self on a shelf? And talking about it from a 2023-2024 perspective. And I'm very excited to like bring women in my life who I have those deep connections with in the same way that Carrie does with her friends and have those conversations and bring our past experiences to the table. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it's it. But that's so me kind of like starting another little business in 2024, yeah. which would be great. No, I'm so excited for that, especially because like I'm sure the way that Carrie answered the questions in the early 2000s not accurate well now. it's well I will say that there are similarities and and differences but like what I love about the show is that it's a time capsule and it's timeless all at the same time like there are so yeah. many questions that are posed or situations scenarios that they find themselves in that can be applicable to today and especially dating existing navigating friendship relationships jobs <laughs> in New York City alive. um and just in general I think that a lot of women face the same challenges and obstacles just in different ways you know like the second episode yeah. is about modelizers and like men really fantasizing about these women who are models and I feel like you know only fans still so like <laughs> you know influencers you know online dating and kind of like how you're marketing yourself online versus you know like how that translates into real life totally applicable it's just a little different than it was in yeah. the 90s so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get into it. Obviously, you will be 
a guest host on the on the pod, yeah. which I'm very I want to come on about. for the movie. <laughs> That's what everybody says to me. Do you know how many I of my friends are like, I can't wait to come on movie. for the movie? But we're obviously we'd have to break the movie down into multiple episodes. If we did the whole movie in one episode. I want to be in the part where Charlotte yells at Big. No. That's I cursed the day part. you were born. Oh, I love it so much. Um yeah. So that's my that's my start a start a business. I'm I already run a business with you, so yeah, it's kind of perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is get a dog. And if I read that to Brett, he would go nuts. He would go absolutely nuts. We always talk about getting a dog, not necessarily like as a couple. It, make sure you're feeding it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Make sure you're feeding it. Um, give it a really cool name. You know, yeah, like calling a dog? dog. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, recently, we uh, we saw a video of a of a like puppy dachshund. I love dachshunds. I also love corgis, um, oh, and man. I really want a golden retriever. But when we saw the Who video doesn't? of the baby dachshund, um, we were talking about names, and I said uh, Dixie the Doxy would be a very cute little name. Yeah. But I also love the idea of naming a dog. I don't know why Hazel, because I feel like Hazel and Luna would go really well together. Yeah, they would. I just feel like that sounds like a boutique some woman opened in the Midwest. (laughs) Hazel and Luna, you know? Yeah. I know what my dog name is, but I don't want to share it. I think I've told you about it before, but like, Mm. I want to wait to get the dog before I tell people what his name would be. Okay. Um. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Keep that to yourself. I want to keep it to myself because I really, really love it. In the vein of Palenka... Um, my friend Declan, who I absolutely love and I respect his decision, he got a dog uh, two years ago, I think, and renamed the dog Toffee. But the dog's name was Betty White. Why would you name? Why would you rename it? I don't know. I was very Betty sad. Betty is a super fun name for a dog. So I would also consider naming my dog Betty White. Like Betty is such a cute little name, but also after yeah. an icon, yeah. Betty White. Not that Toffee's a bad name, no, no, but no, Betty Toffee is, great. is such a fun name for a dog. I know. I was so I excited. I kind of love that. <laughs> but listen, it's his dog, and I, I love that he's happy with the name. And Toffee is a very yeah. cute name. I just was oh, I just obsessed with Betty White. I just for dogs. Yeah. Like, um, one of my friends got a dog and named it Emma, and I was like, Emma yeah. the dog. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Yeah. I love when people name their dogs like Phil. I'm like, yeah, come here, Olivia. Phil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I love real people names on dogs. Yeah. Anyway, so get a dog. I mean, like. Brett really wants a dog very badly. I don't know how Luna would do it with a dog. She doesn't do well with people. So I think a dog would also be a little bit like, Um, So we'd have to ease her into a dog if I ever wanted one or if Brett and I, you know, ever chose to do that together. Um, That would be an obstacle. But uh, getting a dog would be fun. Big responsibility. But anyway. Unless you get a small dog and then it's a small responsibility. Exactly. Celebrate the first snowfall and have a love and Warren Snow kind of date like Max and Oh, you already missed did. it. I did. Um, there were some flurries the other day. It hasn't really but been you like... 32 yet. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, it happened in the middle of us recording a Patreon It did, and I was very <laughs> excited. Um, it happens in the middle of The Hobbit, The Sofa, and Digger Styles, more commonly known on this podcast as The Hobbit, The Couch, Hobbit couch and Jason. And Jason. <laughs> um, it was very exciting to see the flurries, but nothing stuck. So I feel like the okay. first snowfall of the season is like, yes, snow has to fall, but it also, for me, has to kind of stick in some way, even if it's just a little dusting. Yes. But nothing stuck. The ground was too little warm. Sugar coat. Yeah. A little sugarcoat. Yeah. A little sugarcoat. On the topic of going on a really fun, sweet date, I loved this one. 
go on a grocery store date like Lorelai did with Digger. I actually thought that date was really cute and I'm excited for us to get there in Ted Koppel's Big Night Out. Or after Ted Koppel's Big Night Out, right? Is that Um, the... No, it's 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 the same night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just so, so cute. I think it's like... I love that they kind of have this awkwardness of like going to the drive-thru and she's like, no, I'm good. I don't want any of this food. Or or no, he's the one that says like, I- I'm not hungry. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then they end up going to the grocery store. It's just, it's just so cute. And they go cute. into the room. Yeah. I, I kind of love that. Um, do a spa day with your mom. Fun. So oh, fun. Oh, that would be so fun. I know. Go ice skating. Someone said Brett needs to build me an ice skating rink. I will be telling he him. He does. On your terrace. Yes, on my terrace. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> my poor neighbor downstairs. Um, do wild or go on a backpacking trip. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, why? Do wild. wild. Go wild. <laughs> There's a really, really good um, don't that is affiliated with the do wild that just okay. really <laughs> took me down. Get a bunch of money from your parents and pay off your debt. <laughs> I was like, great. Tom, yeah. That sounds good. I will call my mom. Um, organize a rummage sale, mm, which is fun. That feels very you. Share a giant pizza with all of your pals. And have a pink coat era. You do need a pink coat era. I do need a pink coat era. I really, Now's really. Now's the time to get one. Yeah. Um, balance a book on your head while eating Kung Pao chicken. Could you? I don't know. I'd have to try. I'll attempt. Gotta do it. Coin a favorite new catchphrase. Hmm. Not oi with the poodles already. Do you have a catchphrase? I'm trying to think if there's something that you say a lot. Hmm. There has to be. I don't know. If I have a catchphrase, I need somebody to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 think on it and we'll revisit. (laughs) Go on a wedding cake tasting, despite not needing any wedding cake. Oh. That's fun. That's a very fun activity to do. Um, Drive a manual vehicle. I'll try not to drive it backwards in reverse. (laughs) Um, Go to a Bengals concert. Aw. I don't know if I can. But but go to a concert. I can go to a concert. Brett and I went to a lot of concerts this year, and it was a lot of fun. So my favorite indie artist is on tour right now. Really? Yeah. Love. Who is it's it? It's called the Eras Tour. Oh, I was like, who? <laughs> oh my god, I totally Her name's fell. Taylor Swift. Totally fell for it. Um, <laughs> dress like a cowgirl. Speaking of Taylor Swift, why speaking of Taylor Swift for a cowgirl? I don't know. She used to dress like a cowgirl. Oh, like her, like Taylor Swift debut. Like era. her Taylor's like debut. Her yeah. curly curls. Her curly curls yeah. and her guitar right. teardrops on her guitar. You know what I dress mean? Dress like a cowgirl. Yeah. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah. Dress like a cowgirl. I feel like you could pull that off really easily. Thank you. I like cowboy boots. I have them, actually. Never mind. You do. They're sparkly, and I love them. Get a guy to send you a thousand yellow daisies. Ooh. Brett. Brett. Calling Brett. He did get me a bouquet of yellow daisies um, for the live show. How many were there? He, there were, I think... It was a bunch. I didn't count them. Maybe a dozen or 16 or 20 or something because they're kind of small. And he said, yeah, he needs a few more. He was sweet. He said, it's not a thousand, but here you go. And I was like. he said about 980 more, please. That was (laughs) really nice. Dance with your man to reflecting light. Oh, super easy. Can smash that one. And then befriend the coffee shop owner for free coffee. (gasps) Oh. Is this the moment I tell oh. them? 
Yeah, actually, this is um, <laughs> this is yeah. There was a lot of there were a lot of responses about coffee. Drink a lot of coffee. Go to the coffee shop and get a lot of coffee. Get free coffee. Guys, I have stopped drinking coffee. I stopped drinking yeah. coffee almost a month ago, and it is one of the best choices I've ever made. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has really helped just my body and um, my soul and my mind. Um, and so I think that for now at least, yeah, no more coffee. I agree as I'm drinking As she's drinking coffee. coffee. It's just honestly like wreaked havoc on my stomach. It was really yeah. starting to mess. Well, not starting to. It's been messing with my hormones for a long time. I can totally tell. And I just feel a lot better not drinking yeah. it. I am drinking caffeine. I become a matcha girly. Um, but it's just a better um, – it's better for my cortisol levels, I'm sure. You know, it's just like – it's just better, which sucks because yeah. I freaking love coffee. And I've gone through periods of time where I've given up coffee. Yeah. So we'll see how long this one lasts. We'll see how it goes. But speaking of matcha and Tara's birthday, um, <laughs> I got Tara matcha for her birthday. <laughs> and the only reason I'm telling her before her birthday is because I accidentally told her already. It was so um, funny. I, I told her, I said, you know, I've been spending a lot of money on matcha because I, I haven't been making it at home. I have an espresso machine because, of course, I've been addicted to coffee for years. And so um, I said, you know, I, I've been like bad. I've been spending all this money on matcha. And I said, but it's fine because my friend Danielle sent me a matcha set. But I meant she sent me a link to a matcha set. And Haley went, damn it. And I was like, what? She's like, I was going to get you a matcha set for your birthday. And I was like, all right, I had already gotten you it. You had already gotten it. And I was like, I haven't, I haven't gotten it yet. And you were like, you're like, she's damn it. <laughs> That's like you kept talking about like going and buying matcha. Yeah. And I found it from the place that you like. Oh, and blue bottle. Yeah. And uh, I was like, perfect. I know. Like it's, a perfect it's a perfect gift. It's a perfect gift. And you were like, she sent me a set. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then you're like, she sent me the link to it. And I was like, oh. Oh, no. well. So just gave away your gift. Listen, here's, here's the way that I see surprises. Someone said this to me and I was like, you're totally right. At some point, even if the surprise is maybe spoiled before, you know, the actual surprise was intended to be a surprise, at some point they're going to be surprised. Like at some point yeah. you surprised me. I was like, really? Like that just warmed yeah. my heart. So I know it didn't happen, you know, when I opened my gift, but yeah. it but did happen. Wrap it, act surprised. I will. <laughs> I will. I'm also very excited for you to get your gift. I kind of want you to open it on air. Is that weird? Okay. Should I save it? Maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Don't be scared in front of people. Oh, you do. <laughs> well, you it scares to. me because, like, what if I have the wrong reaction? I think you'll have the right reaction to this. Okay. I think. Oh my God. I don't want to put too you much pressure on it. You got me tickets to go see my favorite indie artist. Okay. Well, now the pressure's on. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the don'ts. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, these don'ts made me laugh, like cackle. Okay, of course, a lot of them were don't plan a wedding and run. Don't marry the wrong don't, guy. What? Plan a wedding don't and then run away. Oh, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, don't like be jogging. Like, don't like consistently jog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wedding. And then run. I was like, yes, do not do that. <laughs> um, don't marry the wrong guy. Don't go to Paris and get fake married. <laughs> 
oh, you're going to, but you can't get fake, you could get fake married, but you can't get real married. So you guys could get fake married when you go to Paris. I'm not going to get, get real fake married. married in Paris. But you couldn't get real married. I'm not going to get real married in Paris either. We're just going to go and eat a lot well, of cheese. You can't get real married. <laughs> That's true. And croissants. And croissants. I can't wait. Um, this really made me laugh. Don't sleep with Christopher after getting into a fight with Brett. <laughs> I would agree because who the fuck is Christopher? Who's Christopher? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, and I want to, and I want to actually clarify on this one because a lot of people said, "Don't cheat on your fiance with your ex boyfriend," and I was like, "Lorelai didn't oh. cheat on Luke. At yeah, least it, I don't up. think so. They were broken up." She said, "I've got to go," and that to me I felt like I'm done. We're done. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect if I got into a fight like that, if I was on the other side of of it as Luke, I guess I wouldn't necessarily think like, oh, it's over. We're done. We broke up. Maybe. I don't know. She was done. She was That's pretty, de- she so was pretty definitive about She's it. She's so Logan in that. That's true. Um, this also made me laugh. Don't date Luna's prep school teacher. Because a lot They're of it was don't date your daughter's prep school teacher. But when someone said don't date Luna's prep school teacher, you hear that? Amazing. Do you see when this I spoke- right now? <laughs> you can't see her. Oh, my God. She's on her she's on her hind legs. Do you see her? You can't. My microphone's no. blocking. She is just on her back, just like hind legs in the air. She heard about prep school. She doesn't want to go. <laughs> you hear that, Bean? Come here. When I scrolled through the... Um, the responses so many of them were just don't marry chris don't marry christopher don't date a christopher don't date your baby daddy like it was just it was all yeah all that it was all oh this one really got me don't have sex on your parents balcony to which i say you have a balcony no they don't so we don't have to worry about that (laughs) no worries um don't date a 20 year old okay copy okay um got it don't bring Wouldn't. a bush in an unfitting conversation. <laughs> when she what? brings up Bush, I hate President oh. Bush. In I thought, uh, Christopher Returns. I thought you <laughs> meant a literal bush. Like an actual bush. Don't bring a bush. <laughs> is, is what I thought you said. Don't bring up Bush. Don't, don't bring up Bush. Don't bring him up. Yeah, don't do that. Don't wear cowboy boots to a private school or do. It's a mood. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I would only wear cowboy boots to a private school now. Yeah. Honestly, same. Uh, Don't do an on-the-record negative interview about your mom. I agree. Okay. Jeannie Beanie. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Um, Don't kiss a teacher on Parents' Day. Hear that? I'm not going to kiss your teacher What if you're married to the teacher? Oh. What? Then. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Don't self-sabotage. Okay. Yeah, but that's kind of like hopeful thinking, hopeful, wishful thinking. That's true. <laughs> it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't cut off your parents. Listen, I, I don't have that kind of relationship with my parents where I would cut them off. But like if you do and you need to you and need it's to. healthy, that's OK, too. It works for you. Yeah. Kind of cut off anyone you need to. There we go. Um, Don't go on a hiking trip with randos. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You um, can go on a hiking trip with friends. This really got me, though. Um, this was what I was talking about earlier with the um, the one that's related to Wild. Don't buy a bunch of probably expensive camping equipment and leave it on the side of the road. Yeah. Something about that just didn't sit right with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, don't call an ex on a drunken night, a la Red Light on the Wedding Night. Mm. Or maybe do, because you, if not, you might end up marrying the wrong person. Could, I don't know. Could do. Don't forget a painting date with a friend. Ah, uh, especially if you made up a painting song. That's true. Grab your brush and grab your rollers. Um, <laughs> don't wear your friends to that. Don't wear your friend's ex-girlfriend's jacket in front of them. Oh, yeah. That one feels like a no-brainer. That was, yeah, Unless that was a big you no-no. don't know. I was going to say, unless you really don't know. Because she didn't know. Yeah. She didn't do it purposely. I would say that's more of a Luke thing. Don't donate your girlfriend ex-girlfriend's jacket to the girl that you like yeah who knowingly would wear something would probably wear something like that i think one that i want to add is maybe don't buy a bunch of clothes for a man who's not your man and then dress him in front of his partner on her on her birthday yikes that seems like a pretty pretty well thought out don't do (laughs) correct on the topic of clothes, don't not have a single good backup outfit on laundry day. I mean, nothing. You nothing. can't even wear dirty clothes. Or like, Rory from Rory's closet. Nothing. She doesn't have a backup uniform. You I know. Put on. Truly. You would have fit <laughs> right in. They both showed up in children uniforms. <laughs> I would have died. <laughs> um, don't go on a blind double date with Rune. Yeah. Yeah. My dad hates Rune. Of course he does. Yeah. I don't mind him so much. <laughs> I mean, he's a great character to have. Yeah. The fact that your horrible. dad doesn't like Bootsy really gets me. Yeah, he is. I don't want to talk about that Bootsy. on my birthday. Um, <laughs> don't make huge life decisions via phone call. Well. Listen, there are some decisions you can make via phone call. Accepting a job. Accepting like a life-changing job. Yes. Yeah. Um, Accepting a proposal or mm, proposing. Maybe not. Yeah. I'd say that's a in-person convo. Yeah. True. Don't make a crowd of blonde bob cut moms mad. Don't do it. Well, why not? <laughs> Makes for really good entertainment on TikTok. Um, don't drop the Booster Club cash box. Mm, good. How much was it? $18? $18 may have just flown right out. Um, don't date your father's business partner. I won't. Okay. <laughs> good. Don't resist asking for help. A la Secrets and Loans. Good good yeah and then the last one one that really made me laugh was don't learn how to fish fish are weird (laughs) fish are weird that one really took me down fish are weird (laughs) making me choke (laughs) i'm also like not a fish person like i don't really like fish kind of freak me out underwater freaks me out um, so going fishing. I don't like underwater. No. But you know when you fish, you don't go underwater where they are. No, you don't. But just the idea of the fish <laughs> being there, I don't know. Like, or yeah. people who have to like stand in the water. Like some of them obviously are on a boat, but then there are people who like wade in the water and do the fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, not my thing. I used to get really yeah. freaked out. We went to Discovery Cove when my mom had her 50th Ooh. birthday and um, we had to stand in the pool or in the ocean they like obviously it was not the ocean but they created kind of like a big giant pool with a bunch of fish and they would go round and round and round in like a school and every time the fish came near me I would just panic like sheer panic 13 year old panic and they would go right around me they didn't give a shit about me they were just like oh (laughs) big giant things in the way let's just move around her but I would freak it would just absolutely freak me out I don't like it no I don't even like aquariums like I went to the Georgia Mm, aquarium beautiful years yeah beautiful from what I've heard, no, I've never been. 
I mean, sure, yes, if you like doing that, but like it's like being underwater, but like not being underwater because there was mm. a shark exhibit, and so. I didn't love it. No. I literally was like blinders with my hands yeah. on either side of my eyes the yeah. whole time. Because the shark would just like come right up to the edge and then swim away. And I was like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? Why are yeah. we watching them? Yeah. They're wa- like they're watching us in return. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's like they can see us. I don't know if it's like a one like a two way mirror sort of thing where like they come to the edge and they can't see us. But I didn't like it because it felt yeah. like being underwater, yeah. but not being underwater. Yeah, no, underwater. safe from them, but you could see them. Freaks no, me out. Didn't like that. When all of that stuff was coming out about um, the Titanic submarine and the Titanic, <gasps> yes. and I love that movie. I know you do too. But even as movie. a kid, I don't know if you felt this way, like when they would do the underwater shots, it would freak me out. So oh, like you out? when they showed the propellers? Yep. Yeah. Well, just and like they sh- would show the actual titanic because they went down and got yeah. that footage it that freaks me out and there's a name for it um it's like man-made items underwater man-made objects underwater is like like a fear of that is an actual phobia oh um, is it yes and i fully have it it just freaks me like even the thought of it freaks me out but underwater mm. as a whole very deeply that and space very deeply disturbs <laughs> me <laughs> it's like this open abyss thing that i'm just like space ah. <laughs> now we've talked about what's scary about yeah water. what's it's scary space. about 32 is space <laughs> and <final> water <laughs> <laughs> unexplored areas really seems to be Tara's yeah um, not my domain <laughs> not for you but fish um, yeah fish they're a little weird they kind of freak me are, out fish are weird. but I really liked the responses that we got from that I, I think it gave us a good like how to a good yeah. do's the do's and don'ts of um 32 of being that age-ish yeah can I add one from Rory's mm-hmm. um for like a being I guess 32 adding to Lorelai who she's also Lorelai if you will mm-hmm. um in maybe like a positive way, she, you know, was doing the Stars Hollow Gazette. She was the editor, but she wasn't getting paid to do it. She was just doing it because she liked it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that finding something that is like uh, that you like to do that you're not like getting paid to do. That's mm-hmm. like kind of like a hobby. Find yeah. something that's maybe like a low pressure that seemed high pressure, admittedly, but like a low pressure hobby that you don't have to be that good at, but you just decide to do it because. It's there to do. Yeah. Like beating. <laughs> like Haley's beatery. No, yeah. I think that that's really important. That's something that Brett and I have talked about a lot as we've both kind of navigated this. You know, he actually just turned 33, so he just had his Lorelai year. Um, mm-hmm. But we both have been navigating, as a lot of, I think, people in general and millennials specifically are, um, you know, finding that foundation to guide you towards your career path, right? We're both exiting kind of the like show business of it all and ushering ourselves into more of what feels stable. But through that, I think it is very important to find something that brings you joy that does not have that pressure attached to it of like, oh, this has to make me money as well. Um, It can be something that is as, you know, simple as Haley's Petery. Or it can be something like, you know, giving back to your community and like participating. One of my friends was um, volunteering at the uh, Central Park Conservatory and planting over there. She was like gardening and she was like, yeah, I do it and I love it. It brings me a lot of joy. And I was like, wow, see, we all need that. And if obviously if you can meld those two things together, we've done a beautiful job of doing that here with the podcast. Is it something that has now become a job, but it's also something we love doing. That's great. But I do think there needs to be that um, 
that no hobby. separation. Yeah. No pressure. No yeah. need to be good at it. You just like do it because you like doing yeah, it. Yeah, for real. Um, for real. Like pick up painting, pick up, you know, playing an instrument and you don't have to be good at it. You're just working on it. Yeah, and doing for sure. It. There's something Wait, can therapeutic. Can I add one more? Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> when we were talking about that, I thought about Jess because mm. he is 32 in the revival. That's seemingly. true. Um, and I want to say, encourage your friends in their strengths. Mm. I feel like that is what Jess did. Yeah, I love that. It's true. I we think that's so important. Fans of our friends. We should be huge fans of our friends because I do think that in your 20s, especially, and, and, there's some of this in your 30s as well, and I'm sure be, even beyond. But like in your 20s, there's a lot of comparison. When you're just starting out, it's really easy to get sucked up, especially in this age of social media, of comparing yourself to other people and measuring your success up against their success or what they're doing seemingly um, because some of social media is a little bit put on. Um, and I think that being more of a cheerleader for your friends is only going to help your spirit and like curtail that because yeah we're not out here competing with each other yeah just encouraging each other in their yeah. strengths yeah exactly encourage your friends to write a book it's true <laughs> it is true <laughs> you can be my chest this year perfect, perfect. i'm in nailed it <laughs> i'm in <laughs> I will sit there and drink whiskey with you. Well, we can drink like non-alcoholic whiskey. Yeah. we're both not iced drinking. Iced tea maybe. Yeah, iced tea. <laughs> Norman Mailer, I'm pregnant. Yeah. We'll just no, sit somewhere and drink. Not one. that, but like we'll just, we'll be Norman Mailer and his son. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You can be Norman Mailer and I'll, I'll be the son. I'll be Norman Mailer. <laughs> <laughs> and some woman will come up to us frantically. I'm pregnant. Yeah, any of you can volunteer for that role. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, let us know. We're we're taking submissions soon. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for um, celebrating the start of my Lorelai year with me. I You're welcome. love having you and all of our listeners <laughs> here to do so. Um, yeah, it's Sagittarius season, my friend. It is big fire signs. Yeah, and it is also about to be the winter season, which I'm... It is kind of excited about yeah I, I admittedly like the winter is one of those things where you know the beginning of it is really exciting again like our birthdays are kind of right before the winter really hits and it's Christmas time and it's the holiday season and everything's sparkly and then January hits and it's like ooh <laughs> uh oh you take the sparkles away and you were like oh, oh it's wow. dark in here <laughs> that was like the other night when I was like fully ready for bed like ready at like to go 6 to 15 yeah, literally was 6.12 p.m. And I was like, oh, You texted me and okay. I was like, what do you mean you're ready for bed? I mean, go off, I got but out. you're ready for bed? But it does, it feels... I, that to my, or I told my therapist about it and she was like, what'd you do? I was like, I just got up because the day was not done. The day was not over. <laughs> but it was so dark. It was so dark out. And that's the thing is when it gets darker earlier, that's why I really wish they would do away with daylight savings. And I know that there's like some movement towards that, but like... When it gets cold, it's already hard to like be outside and enjoy the sun, depending on where you live. Uh, for me, like obviously being in the Northeast, it's like it's it's literally freezing. It's like 30 degrees outside right now. Um, but, you know, you still want a little light, a little sunlight to bright up your day. So um, we're here to bring a little bit of joy as we approach the winter season. We're very excited about it. Yes. We did a How to Have a Gilmore Girls Fall. We're excited to kind of do a little bit of a How to Have a Gilmore Girls Winter yeah should be really fun. I feel like it's it's a lot of smelling snow mm -hmm. but I feel like we can find a way for people who don't have snow 
I'm not going to probably going to get any snow this year. That's true. Um, to have a cozy Gilmore winter. And we'll have more to say on that in the next episode. Mm-hmm.